Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wavelet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey! They're off and it is on! And Betting Line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Oh, yeah. That just happened! That just happened! We are set to go racing here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And as always, the show is presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, we've got a very action-packed show, including the creator of Off and Pacing. Mike, this game has absolutely taken off. Uh, I play it probably three or four times a day, kind of checking in on things, buying horses, selling horses, things of that sort. And it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I've got three horses right now, and they can't beat anybody, so I'm kind of sour on the game right now. So, But I might have to uh, do like my buddy Rob Pennington, the assistant race secretary here at Harris, Philadelphia, and uh, put up a couple of bucks to try and see if I can get my stable rejuvenated. Mike, by the way, I don't want to compare our, this particular show to United Airlines flight, but we're pretty jam-packed here, my friend. I have to tell you, we've, we're not going to kick anybody out, but uh, in, in you know, we're, we're overbooked. It's going to be a good, fast-paced show. Ryan Clements will be joining us. Uh, of course, uh, the guy from Off and Pacing, he's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes to talk about how that thing has just taken off. And uh, look, we always talk about trying to reach a new generation here in the sport of harness racing. And uh, I think uh, our good friend Ryan Clements has uh, got a good idea to do that with this fantastic app that has taken the harness world by storm. Plus, we're going to preview a couple of meet openings, Mike. A Hawthorne Racecourse opens up tonight. We're going to have uh, Jim Miller joining us from Hawthorne to talk about what's going on in the Prairie State. Also, Steve Carpenito from Scioto will be joining us as Scioto is kicking things off as well. Well, plus, we've got uh, two big trainers, Mike, perhaps two uh, of the best three-year-olds in the country to date as uh, far as the Colton Gelding division. Boy, this is going to be quite a rivalry. You have to hope, Mike, that both of these horses stay healthy. Brian Brown, of course, the trainer of Down by the Seaside, and Ray Schnicker, uh, trainer of Huntsville. Both were very impressive in their seasonal debuts, Mike. Yeah, they were definitely. And Brian Brown, I'll tell you what, Brian Brown's got a couple of these things that are uh, that are fantastic. So, you know, it's one thing to have one horse that is fantastic and is a spectacular horse, but Brian's got two or three, and it's uh, it's really going to be interesting to see uh, what he brings to the table this year. We're also going to talk for our weekly segment with Papado Park Director of Racing and announcer Gabe Pruitt. Mike, the season at Pompano is winding down, and uh, listen, we're going to talk about everything from uh, from our show bets on Thundersnow 
to uh, the end of the uh, to the end of the Papado Park meet because uh, there's a picture floating around out there uh, from uh, your good buddy at Hawthorne, and I'll tell you what he got a fantastic shot of Thunder Snow. For those of you who don't know uh, what happened in the 143rd Kentucky Derby on Saturday, Thunder Snow took about four steps out of the gate and th- you know decided he had had enough of the uh, Chill Downs racing surface, jumped in the air, about threw the jockey off. And just kind of walk back to the barn like nothing ever happened. But uh, Mike didn't get to cash his show bets, and neither did Gabe. And we're going to uh, tease him about that when he comes on in just a little bit. Yeah, certainly. And that was my man, Rich Matei selection. So I had that picture framed for him, and, and I think I'm going to wait till his birthday to give it to him. Uh, but, Mike, before we get into Ryan, and I know we've talked about this a little bit off the air, but uh, for those of you that are going to be looking for some racing action right after this show is over. We have got a blockbuster card here in Harris, Philadelphia, getting ready to start at 1240, my friend. And we've got uh, Pennsylvania Science Stakes action for three-year-old Philly Pacers. And the very first, there's three divisions. The very first division in race number three is featuring the Breeders' Crown rematch between Some Omen Somewhere and Agent Q. So I am certainly looking forward to that. Two great uh, Phillies both making their 2017 debuts and another red hot horse Mike that we have talked about on this program that actually did some racing at Pompano Park was is Dr. J's Kiss and she has looked fantastic in overnight competition so far up here so it's going to be interesting to see but that's all in the first division as well as Idyllic Beach she'll be racing as well in the third division uh, that's in race number eight. So I am just looking forward to it. I am pumped. It's a great day. We've got the show, and we've got exciting harness racing here at Harris Philly. I'm pumped. I couldn't wait to get out of bed this morning. Listen, tell uh, tell Rich Matei, uh, since that photo was so close last year, he may not want to mess up the time in pictures today. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. Let's get this thing started, Mike, because like I say, we're like United Airlines. We're booked solid. We've got uh, our good friend Ryan Clements coming up from off and pacing, and he is going to be uh, – in the leadoff position on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519 519- 
519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's the stable.ca. Tickets are on sale now for Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment's second annual Spring Beer Festival on Saturday, May the 13th. The festival includes live music by Men of Horses, live harness racing action, special cast brews from Blue Point Brewing, and pouring the only two currently available New Jersey cideries. All the action begins at 4.30 for the VIPs and 5.30 for general admission. For more information, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by Ryan Clements, the creator of the fantastic game Off and Pacing. Ryan, how are we doing this morning? Yeah, I'm excellent. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Listen, we uh, we we talked about this show, or excuse me, talked about this game a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was just getting off the ground. Things were kind of gaining a little bit of traction, and now. You've got Hoosier Park, Meadowlands Racing, Hawthorne, Western Fair, Truro, Northville, and Flamborough Downs. You guys have done a fantastic job building this game up so far. Yeah, the team uh, team's done amazing work. There's, uh, there's five of us working on it full time now, and uh, things are things are really starting to snowball. We got a uh, ton of tracks being added, ton of drivers, and uh, game game's really starting to come together. Ryan, Mike Bozich here. For those people that have kind of been on the bubble a little bit that have been hearing about this game but really haven't uh, been able to try it yet, can you kind of let's start from square one, tell them exactly what the game is and how people can get involved? Sure. So the game is meant to show you what it's like to own a horse in real life. That That's really the core of what we uh, what we wanted to accomplish. So um, in playing the game, you're not you're not driving horses. You're not um, you know it's not like your typical racing game. It's it's more geared at buying and selling horses, um, managing your horse's career, and and trying to build up a stable to uh, to eventually you know be in the top ranks and have a have a championship stable. Um, so it's meant to recreate all those all those feelings of owning a horse, anticipating your race, waiting for uh, you know waiting for your best horse to race each day, and uh, and kind of you know, cheering them on down the stretch. Now, Ryan, uh, I got to tell you, you guys started selling coins with the release of this game uh, last week. And I got to, so, so sorry about that. We, uh, I brought up our website. Mike, uh, Mike's probably laughing over there. I brought up our website and all I heard was the previous question in my ear. So, uh, so Ryan, uh, talk to us a little bit about the, uh, kind of what, what went into, uh, releasing the game. We know you had four seasons before you released the game and now people can purchase coins and, uh, you know, kind of build their stable up, uh, if they need, you know, a hundred thousand extra coins for maybe breeding, uh, so to speak, uh, they can get it. Yeah. So it's, um, we're about, we've been working on the game for almost six months now. Um, and within, within the first two months we had, uh, started, um, allowing people to play as beta testers. 
Now, um, those people, we started with a couple hundred people, and they were able to start building their stables and had been playing in the early stages of the game. Um, as we've as we've sort of um, completed features in the game, we, we've jumped through all the hoops to get in the app stores, so it's in both the Google Play Store and the, uh, the Apple App Store. Um, and the, the full version of the game is now released, so um, people can kind of jumpstart and catch up to, uh, to the other stables and, and purchase coins if they want, or the game is completely free to play. It's uh, to, up to the individual player. Ryan, we always talk about in, in the sport of harness racing, especially from a management point of view, how we can get new people involved in the sport. I mean, trying to get what I like to say is the lost generation to get them involved and interested in the sport of harness racing. And this is something that you've put together that obviously I think hits home with a lot of people that may not have or may never get exposed uh, or may have never gotten exposed to the sport of harness racing without a game like this. Was this kind of your intention when you put this thing together was trying to get new people involved in the sport and, you know, trying to get people that they wouldn't have otherwise been. Yeah, it's, it's a main focus of ours. Absolutely. Everything we, um, sort of uh, everything we plan towards has that in mind is that this is an easy way to um, get people who have had no exposure to harness racing involved. Um, I'll probably never forget this one. My favorite tweet, we have a a kind of a growing following on Twitter and somebody had tweeted out a few weeks ago that they'd um, before this game, they'd never been to a harness race or watched a harness race. And uh, this year they're going to the little Brown jug. So that was really exciting for me that just taking people from, maybe having not seen a race to um, having a little exposure through the game and getting excited about it and then taking that and gearing it towards real life racing. Well, Ryan, you guys have done a fantastic job. Keep up the great work. And, you know, uh, you guys have built up a fantastic following on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, it's really going to be exciting to see uh, where this game takes off and goes over the next uh, couple months. Yeah, we're excited. We've got uh, big plans and, um, we're we're working on making kind of uh, the game worldwide now, adding tracks and drivers from Australia and uh, and Europe. So I'm I'm really excited to see uh, see where we are in a few months. All right, Ryan. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, listen, continued success to you guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, that was Ryan Clements from Off and Pacing. And, Mike, uh, I had a, uh, a a very good horse. His name was Rock and Roll Hanover. It actually turned out to be a pretty good uh, pretty good stud compared to your uh, to your three-horse dud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want to buy a couple of these horses, I got some real beauties to sell you, my friend. So uh, maybe after the show we can get together and, uh, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about these three fine specimens that I have for you. Sounds good, brother. <laughs> We've got more coming on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Steve Carpanito will be joining us. Steve uh, is uh, one of the men at Sound of Downs. He's going to tell us about that upcoming meet. Plus, we still have a jam-packed show. Brian Brown, the trainer of Down by the Seaside, is going to be here. Ray Schnitker, the trainer of Huntsville, is going to be here. Uh, Gabe Pruitt's going to be here. Jim Miller, opening night at Hawthorne tonight, he's going to be here. We are jam-packed on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. So we'll be uh, right back with Mr. Steve Carpanito on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now, we're joined by the Director of Mutuals at Scioto Downs, Steve Carpenito. Steve, welcome to the program, my friend. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Now, first thing, first, the most important question is, are you still involved in the Fantasy Football League down in Florida? Uh, I bowed out last year. I've uh, concentrated <laughs> on fantasy baseball as football oh. is not quite my forte, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't mine either. Is I think I put together three wins in the last couple of years, so I had to bow out. But I just got the email uh, trying to round the troops to get people back in, so I might have to reconsider it. But, Steve, I'll tell you what, you guys are getting going at Sado Downs, and it's always a sure sign of summer uh, when Sado Downs gets off at race. And how are things going, and what can we look forward to here in 2017? Well, guys, it's, it's, it's great to be back racing. We've conducted two race days uh, in our 90-day meet. Um, we will be racing from now until September 9th. 
five days a week, actually Tuesday in the afternoon at 2 o'clock and Wednesday through Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Now, Steve, I see you guys have a new wager in the Rainbow Five. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about how that came about and uh, what the wager is like. Well, yeah, our our 50-cent pick five has uh, been – uh, held on the last five races of our card. It is it is not a jackpot wager. It is a uh, it is a regular pick five wager, and it's become very popular. Uh, we we started it last year, and it's become very popular. Um, we also that is a fifty cent base wager. Uh, we also have a fifty cent pick four, which starts on race three, and a dime super high five in the ninth race. Always great racing at Saddle Downs, visiting with the director of Mutual, Steve Carpenito. Steve, just a few years back, uh, slot machines came to the state of Ohio, and obviously it's been a big boon, a much-needed boon for uh, one of the hot spots uh, in harness racing in the state of Ohio. Talk about how much of a boon it has been uh, kind of in your neck of the woods at Saddle Downs. Yeah, it's it's been night and day. When the VLTs came to the state of Ohio five years ago, uh, harness racing was in kind of a tough spot in the state, but it has been, uh, it's been a huge boon though. You can't even compare the purse money that's been given out. We're averaging about 165,000, uh, per race day here at Sciota Downs. And of course that has brought a tremendous quality of horses as well as volume of horses. Uh, there's a lot of 10-horse fields going on here at Sciota Downs. And, of course, that's good for the wagerers, uh, you know, just about every year. Last year, our percentage of winning favorites, 37%, which is right about the lowest in the industry. Uh, it's become a great wagering product uh, here at Sciota Downs. Now, Steve, since coming to Northfield, uh, Scioto is one track I have yet to be uh, go-to, uh, Scioto in Miami Valley. Uh, tell us a little bit about if a new person is coming to Scioto Downs, what's one thing that they have to try? Is it the clubhouse? Is it the food? What's one thing that they, uh, what they have to do when they come down? Sure. It's, uh, you know, the clubhouse dining is it's a great spot to see the races. You, you, you feel like you're right on top of the races. If you want an elevated view, you can come up to the penthouse where we have our simulcast year-round, but it is a great view of the races up there. I would tell newcomers that come to Scioto, we are a bit of an aberration in that we still get tremendous on-track crowds on the weekend. Uh, I, I think a newcomer to Scioto, if we could, would come on a Saturday night, would be very surprised at the size of the on-track crowd here in Columbus, Ohio. Steve, one final question before we let you go. Uh, From a handicapping point of view, uh, especially for Ohio players, uh, obviously now you've got Miami Valley to wager on, you've got Dayton, you've got Northfield Park, certainly tracks that have their own tendencies. And then we get to Scioto, like you say, the 10-horse field. Uh, with the 10-horse trailing. From a handicapping point of view, when you see these horses start to come in from other tracks to Scioto, what are maybe some of the things that you look for uh, when handicapping a race, especially early on in the meet? Well, obviously, uh, you know, a horse coming from the half-mile oval at Northfield Park, I I think you want to look back in his past performances 
and see if he picks up over a five-eighths mile track. And a, a, a lot of times that, that is not the case. A lot of the horses that come from Northfield Park race up there because they are great on a half-mile oval, and they can almost pace as fast there as they can here at Toyota. Of course, there are exceptions, and that's, you know, that's why you want to dig through your past performances and see if they pick up a second over the five-eighths mile oval. Uh, you know, the, the, the racing here, it, it's, it's, it's very competitive. Uh, horse, it is a situation where there is generally somebody out and winging constantly. So you want to see a horse that can live on the outside and still have something left in the stretch. Uh, the driving colony here is deep and extremely competitive. As a matter of fact, last year, our driver championship came down to the last race of the meet when Josh Sutton got one victory more than Chris Page by winning the last race of the meet. So drivers, it's uh, it's, a, it's a very competitive uh, situation. Just like to throw out a couple of our highlights of the meet on Saturday, June 10th, it is the Charlie Hill Memorial uh, Trot with the best free-for-all trotters in the country will come to Scioto Downs. Uh, getting near the end of our meet, Saturday, September 2nd, Ohio Super Night. We have the Sire Stake Finals for all Ohio Sire Stakes. And, of course, the last night of our meet, which is going to be September 9th, we are bringing back the $150,000 Jug Preview, which has not been held in 10 years. And I hear wow. there are 71 nominations to that. And then, of course, our Jim Ewart Memorial uh, which last year, I know, guys, I may be biased, but I think the race of the year in harness racing last year was the Jim Ewart Memorial here at Souda Downs. When Always Be Mickey and Wiggle It, Jiggle It battled it out for three quarters of a mile with Always Be Mickey getting up in the late stages. Yeah, and that uh, stretch call certainly by Barry Vickroy is right there in uh, our open. Certainly one of the most exciting races that I've ever seen. Well, Steve, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you, and best of luck uh, to all the fine people at Sayoto Downs. Looking forward to a great 2017. Absolutely, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right, that was uh, Steve Carpenito, the director of Mutuals at Scioto Downs. Plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America in the On Deck Circle. We're going to talk a little bit about Down by the Seaside, who just made his uh, 2017 debut and what is going to be just a fun, fun uh, glamour division, so to speak, is down by the Seaside in Huntsville, where we knew their rivalry. And we've got trainer Brian Brown on deck. Right after this timeout, you've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the Racing Rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. A great finish in the bank! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. 
foiled again. Clear vision, three across to the wire, foiled again. Foiled again appears to have done it. History will be made. Deep stretch lead for State Treasurer. State Treasurer's going to win it. Foiled again. A punish out of a State Treasurer. History in the Molson pace. Or none of the above. Evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace shocker that just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined by Brian Brown, the trainer of Down by the Seaside. Brian, how are we doing this morning? I'm good. A little damp over here in Ohio, but it's it's okay. Listen, I'll tell you what. If, if the rain never came back to Ohio, I would be completely okay with that. Here in Cleveland, it has rained every day for probably about a week. I don't know if we've had it that long, but we've had our fill of it, too. All right, Brian. Well, it's, listen, it's one thing to have one very good three-year-old. You've got two or three uh, very good three-year-olds, and uh, they're highlighted by Down by the Seaside and Fear the Dragon. But let's talk about Down by the Seaside first. Uh, Down by the Seaside uh, kicked off his three-year-old campaign with a very nice win in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. How did he come out of the race? Well, he seems fine. Uh, he's just jogging so far. I'll uh, train him a trip tomorrow. Uh, then we'll train him up pretty good uh, next Tuesday, I believe. Brian, obviously the off season for Down by the Seaside from two to three can be very uh, interesting in terms of growth, in terms of horses building up their strength. How was the off season for Down by the Seaside, and uh, did he did he fill out pretty nice for you? He did come around the first three weeks to a month. I had him turned out after his last start in Canada. He didn't do well. He was, I think, out running the fence, chasing the other horses and the other paddocks. He actually lost weight. I brought him in early to try to put the weight back on. It took about, I don't know, two or three weeks. He looked like he did when he left Canada. And I would say he's a little bit bigger than stronger than he was last year. But he didn't, like, remarkably change a lot. Brian, you have a very strong season coming up for Down by the Seaside. And, of course, we, uh, we're going to talk about the battle with Huntsville uh, coming up uh, throughout the stake season. Do you have sort of a schedule built up for him so far? We paid him up to quite a few races. Uh, we're still just taking it race by race. Uh, we've got a meeting set today with the owners. Uh, I think we're leaning toward the Art Rooney now. Before, we were just going to stay away from it, 
but uh, the money's so much better in the Rooney and the PA Sire Stakes, the money has went. So uh, now we're considering it, strongly considering the Rooney. Uh, we just have to talk to all the partners and get them all to agree. Uh, David Miller was all for going to the Rooney. So that kind of swayed our thinking some. So uh, after that, uh, if he goes to the Rooney, he would probably uh, not race again till eliminations to the North American Cup. Visiting with Brian Brown, the trainer of Down by the Seaside, Fear the Dragon, and another horse that I just had a chance to see. We'll talk about her in a minute yesterday in the Stallion Series action. But, uh, Brian, obviously what everybody's talking about is the big potential matchup between Down by the Seaside and Huntsville. And I know they've, you know, clashed as two-year-olds, and uh, obviously it's a budding rivalry that I think everybody uh, in the harness business is looking forward to. When do you think that first potential clash could happen? Well, I'd like to not clash for a while. I'd like to get a couple <laughs> races. It's a long season. Uh, <laughs> it is, and that horse was so good the other day at the Meadows. It was unbelievable. I'm glad I was not in that race. Uh, I, if I go to the Rooney, it probably wouldn't be till either the North American Cup eliminations or hopefully even not till the final. Uh we just we take it as it goes, and when we're in together, we're in. I hope both horses are good, and we get great races this year for the fans. I like. I sure hope I can win the most of them, but I'm sure Ray thinks the same way. Visiting with Brian Brown, trainer of Down by the Seaside. Brian, listen, you've got uh, two other horses I want to touch on real quick. Fear the Dragon uh, is another fantastic three-year-old that uh, you guys have. And McRaven is an Ohio-sired horse that has kind of been racing the Ohio Sire Stakes and actually uh, won a big race recently. Uh, talk to us about the stable and uh, how they're coming along. Well, we've, we've started out. We've had a great uh, five weeks since we've been home. Uh, April was really good. Uh, Fear the Dragon, he's just such a nice horse to be around. He's ornery in the barn, but and he plays on the track. But when it's race time, he's all business and a perfect horse to drive. Down by the seaside can be a little aggressive at times. Fear the Dragon just never gives you a problem, just goes and races. It would be interesting if he had a trip behind down by the seaside and and Huntsville, if they got to doing some battling and Fear the Dragon got a pretty good trip behind him, he might make it a little tough on them too. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a very, very interesting season in the Glamour Division, as they call it, for the three-year-old Colts and Keldings. Brian, before we let you go, just one horse I want to ask you about, one that we saw yesterday here at Harris, Philadelphia, a winner in Stallion Series action here for Pennsylvania Breads, and that was Stormy Seduction. Uh, she's won three of four. I know she was kind of racing in overnights in Ohio before she came out here uh, to pick up that victory. What can you tell us about her? Well, let me finish Mike's question on uh, yep. Nick Raven that horse is a very nice horse he broke a p1 last year so only got to racing twice he's come back pretty good uh still think he's a notch below like fear the dragon down by the seaside huntsville he's not quite what they are but he's a very nice horse uh stormy seduction i think she's a notch or two below the top sire state but great big good looking good gated 
very green yet. Tim was very happy with her yesterday. He texted me back, said uh, she did everything right. She just needs races. Uh, maybe she will get caught up with the better ones, but it's going to take her a little while. She missed last year racing, mainly just big, colt sore, just needed the time to mature and grow up. And she's come back. Uh, we had a little steering problem early. We think we got that fixed. And uh, she's turning into a nice filly. All right. Well, Brian, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you here in 2017. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're hoping so. Things are going in the right direction right now. And Alrighty. thanks for having me. No problem. And keep that rain out in the Midwest, will you? <laughs> sure. Okay, bye. Thank you, buddy. That was Brian Brown, trainer down by the seaside, Fear the Dragon. Got a very, very good stable. Uh, and like I said, Mike's going to be very fun to see what happens here in 2017, especially when down by the seaside and uh, Huntsville clash. But uh, what do you think, Mike? Kind of interesting move uh, headed to the Rooney, huh? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And then he's talking about, you know, taking some time off before the Pepsi North America Cup. So, you know, it seems like a, a kind of a soft start to the down by the seaside uh, schedule. But one thing I remember about Brian Brown from last year, he brought McRaven to the Ohio Sire Stakes at Northfield Park. And McRaven as a two-year-old was very, very fast. And they, they missed it. Everybody was expecting this horse to come out and set a track record. And he missed the track record by like three seconds. And one of the owners looked at him and said, you know, you know, we didn't set the track record. And he said, listen, he said, let everybody else kill themselves for the track record. It doesn't pay any more money. And he, you know what, Brian is very patient. He knows how to get these horses to the races. And I tell you what, he's a fantastic trainer, uh, if you ask me. Well, we've got one side of the story down by the seaside. We're about to get the other side of the story with trainer Ray Schnitker. He's in the on-deck circle, and he is the trainer of the fantastic three-year-old Huntsville, who just looks super impressive in his 2017 debut at the Meadows. We'll talk to Ray about that and more next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org.
Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Lots still left to come on this edition. Ray Schnicker will be joining us here in just about 30 seconds or so, the trainer of Huntsville, and we'll talk about his uh, impressive effort at his 2017 debut. Also, Hawthorne's Jim Miller will be joining the program as well. It's opening night for uh, Hawthorne Racecourse. We'll talk to Jim about that. And, of course, our good friend Gabe Pruitt towards the bottom of the hour in our weekly Pompano Park segment. But first is trainer Ray Schnicker joining us. Ray, we certainly appreciate it, my friend. How are you? Yeah, very good. Ray, talk about uh, – tell us a little bit about Huntsville. Obviously, uh, turned a lot of uh, – a lot of heads in the sport of harness racing with that fantastic mile at the Meadows. Uh, tell us how he came out of it and uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, he was full of himself after the race. He had to walk up that hill at the Meadows. And uh, hey, come out of it very good. And uh, I knew he's a very good horse. You don't know when they come back from two to three, you never know how it's going to be. And uh, my experience, if it's bad the first week, it usually just gets uglier. But uh, that was a really good performance, even better than I thought he'd be. Now, Ray, you said uh, coming from two to three, sometimes you, know, you never know how they're really going to come back. And, you know, the it, what was so impressive is just the way he, you know, just the way he handled the, the race in general. Uh, we just talked to Brian Brown, who said that uh, he was glad that he didn't have to face you uh, in, that, in that division of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes. Uh, what kind of schedule are you looking at with Huntsville this year and uh, where are we headed from here? Uh, we got the PA uh... – Sire Stake Sunday at uh, Pocono Week from Sunday. And uh, I don't think we got basically a North American Cup after that. And uh, Max Hemp and uh, Meadowlands Base all kind of within about seven weeks, I think. Visiting with trainer Ray Schnicker, uh, talking about Huntsville. He was the uh, two-year-old Dan Patch winner, uh, the best male pacer, of course, obviously a Breeders' Crown champion, and made nearly $700,000 as a two-year-old. Backtracking a bit, Ray, uh, from two to three, obviously don't know how you know horses are going to grow, how they're going to fill up. But tell us a little bit how the off-season went and, and uh, how, uh, you know, how Huntsville uh, grew up to be uh, is going to be a fine three-year-old. Yeah, well, he's uh, 16-1 we measured in there a couple of weeks ago. He's a big colt. And uh, this year, the winter, I gave him, like, 10 weeks off. But I uh, I had him under – I put a saddle on him, and I rode him probably every other day there through the, this kind of easy through the winter. And uh, he trained back very good. And, uh, you know, it was actually – I was kind of impressed the other day. I didn't know if he was up to that kind of mile, but uh, obviously he was. Now, Ray, you've had some very good horses uh, over the years, and Huntsville has just been absolutely spectacular. Uh, what is it like to have a, such a good horse like Huntsville or some of the other big ones that you've had? Hey, well, it makes up for a lot of bad ones. 
<laughs> I got plenty of them. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I tell you what, the older you get in the game, the more you appreciate it because you, you just figure out how hard it is to come up with one. And it's, uh, you know, it's very difficult, and uh, I'm just hoping he stays sound all year and, uh, you know, not going to win them all. But uh, you know, just, uh, he shows up in every race and uh, performs what I think he can. Yeah, I think that's obviously the most important thing. We just, uh, you know, we kind of hope and pray that they uh, can stay healthy throughout the course of the year. Because, you know, we talked with Brian Brown. It's obviously a very long season, but uh, it's certainly going to be a fun season in the Glamour Division. Who else should we uh, watch out for in the Ray Schnitker stable? Um, well, got some nice two-year-olds. Uh, I got a, uh, a so surreal colt that I raced that he broke down really early as a two-year-old and uh, we put him to stud in New York. They're looking like they're very good horses. I got a, uh, one of a, out of a pair called My Girl's a Star. And actually, the full brother to Huntsville is actually a pretty nice colt. I don't think uh, Lanky can get like that twice, but uh, he can go right along. And um, also, I have a two-year-old filly that's a sister to make it happen in Wishingstone, a full sister that uh, has got a lot of ability. And um, it should be a good year. All right. Well, Ray, listen, we wish you the best of luck in 2017. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and it's uh, certainly going to be a lot of fun. Hoping everybody can stay healthy. Yep. Okay. Thank you. All right, that was trainer Ray Schnitger of Huntsville. And uh, Mike, he kind of mapped it out for us, and uh, Brian Brown kind of mapped out down by the seaside for us. I think we're going to have to go back and listen to the archive, Mike, and and, and try to put these things on Twitter and Facebook because uh, we certainly want to make sure that we get the, the mapping out right. But one thing you have to remember is that, you know, you're dealing with owners, okay? That's number one if you're a trainer, and things certainly change. So, right. you know, those things are definitely not etched in stone. Well, one thing we can look forward to, and it looks like uh, talk after talking to both of them, uh, down by the seaside is heading to New York. It looks like uh, Schnitger and Huntsville are going to stay in Pennsylvania. The first matchup is looking like it's going to be at the Pepsi North American Cup at Mohawk Racetrack um, coming up uh, here in just a couple of months. So, you know, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a race that uh, I think everybody's going to have their eyes on. I think if Brian Brown gets Fear the Dragon ready, who knows, Mike, uh, you heard what he said. If he can kind of sit a pocket trip, maybe he can pull a Wakazashi hit over. When we come back, our good friend Jim Miller will be joining us uh, from Hawthorne Raceway. They are opening up their summer harness meet tonight, and we'll talk to Jim more about that on the flip side of this commercial break. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Running. 
Flying Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Tickets are on sale now for Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment's second annual Spring Beer Festival on Saturday, May the 13th. The festival includes live music by Men of Horses, live harness racing action, special cast brews from Blue Point Brewing, and pouring the only two currently available New Jersey cideries. All the action begins at 4.30 for the VIPs and 5.30 for general admission. For more information, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Don't forget, towards the bottom of the hour, it's Gabe Pruitt, our weekly Pompano Park segment. And uh, Gabe will be joining us towards the bottom of the hour. Well, of course, we'll talk more the, than Pompano, as we usually do with our good friend Gabe. But right now, it's time to uh, we're going to be joined by a man of many hats at Hawthorne <laughs> Racecourse, and his uh, name is Jim Miller. Now, Jim, I got to tell you, okay, obviously, you know, I've worked there in the in the winter uh, a couple of years ago, or actually a year and a half ago, and just a great, great staff up and down. I mean, everybody there puts in 120%, including my good friend Ryan Thompson, who is uh, a fantastic photographer, along with uh, Nicole. They just do an outstanding job. So I just have to tell you that, you know, my pick for the Kentucky Derby was Thundersnow. Okay, and Ryan <laughs> right. takes just an outstanding. Jim, I know you saw the the, the picture that oh, Ryan yeah. took when he was down at, at Churchill uh, of my pick uh, just galloping and having a good old time, uh, forty lengths away from the field. But uh, nonetheless, I thought that was an outstanding picture, and and uh, you know, this thunder snow. From what I've read, guys, actually, I thought thunder. I, I, from what it said, thunder snow was afraid of the bell because I guess overseas they don't have a bell when the race goes off. 
Well, and that was one of the things, and it was such an initial reaction, and that was the concern. I mean, the horse was doing everything possible to get the rider off his back yep. right at the start. But uh, when you talk about Ryan, really, it, it's it's being in the right place at the right time is the key. Because it, it was. If you have a shot, make sure you check out that picture either on, under Ryan's uh, Twitter handle or uh, meet up with him on Facebook. But really an excellent shot there. And, and to see just how far back this horse got so quickly but uh i'll tell you great work by him and you're right great work by our entire staff because we've had a whole lot of work these last two weeks oh i bet i've been there for that track inversion i've seen it uh, go back and forth a couple of times and i'll tell you what mr becker and crew just do an outstanding job and and your whole staff jim just does an outstanding job and i know how up against it that each and every racetrack that doesn't have a slot machine in their building is uh, because, you know, listen, it's, it's very, very tough to make it on horse racing alone. And you guys deserve a lot of props because when Balmoral and Maywood Park shuttered, uh, you guys stepped up to the plate and, uh, you know, give the harness guys at home. And I think that is big, big kudos to you guys. And that meet is starting tonight, Jim. Why don't you tell us all about it? Yep. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, you talk about the crew and you talk about racing in Illinois, the uh, complexion has definitely changed a little bit from what was a year-round circuit to what is now a summer circuit. But really a couple things that, that we've noticed, a lot of the horsemen have been able to find either homes for places that they wanted to race throughout the course of the winter, or some of them have just chosen to lay, lay those horses off a little bit. But the reason that they're back, and they're, they're coming back in droves, we've had over 600 stalls applied for for the meet, so that's really a plus. But it's because we've been able to maintain and manage that purse account properly. And you're right, Mike. Everything that we do here in the state of Illinois in, in regards to generation of purses is based solely on our handle. And last year, we had a really solid meet throughout the course of the summer. We were able to manage that purse account accordingly. And what you're going to see when you come back for racing starting tonight is an increase in purses anywhere from 30 to 50% based on the level. And that's something that, that is attractive to these horsemen. It's drawing them back. And I'll tell you, it's probably going to take a week or two for everybody to get back, get qualified, get accustomed to the racing schedule again in Illinois. But fields look pretty good to open the meet, and I really expect that they'll be very strong by week two. Yeah, Jim, we really enjoyed the Hawthorne racing meet or the Hawthorne racing meets that have so far taken place. Um, is there any big changes wagering wise coming up at Hawthorne? Well, a couple of things that that we wanted to focus on is, is really introducing those, those lower takeout multi-race pick wagers, and and we've added in the second pick five wager, so we have an early pick five along with the late pick five wager. Did the same with the pick fours. We put a fifty cent minimum on those, and then lowered that takeout to fifteen percent. Those wagers, the thing that we've really seen in the past, especially with the mile oval and and the potential for some long shots coming in, is having the ability to carry over those wagers. And, and you wouldn't think it happens often, but you'll probably see. 10 to 12 pick four carryovers, maybe somewhere around the range of 20 pick five carryovers. And when that carries over to the next day, you're looking at a handle that more than triples. And, and that's really something that we want to look at. You can go from a $25,000 handle one day, for example, on a pick five to seeing that carryover. You go over 100000 that next day. And again, there's one full race of purses that's generated off just one wager. And that's kind of the things that you really do have to focus on. And, and it's something that's worked out nicely for us. And, and you do see with these horses adjusting from different tracks to the mile oval some horses handle it really well other horses don't handle it quite as well but it does make it very tough on the better especially early on in the meet Jim, we talk about uh, the track conversion. Obviously, you guys just got through with the thoroughbred meet, and you guys going right into harness. How did the track conversion go? And for people that may not realize uh, what that entails, because I think as time goes on, you see less and less of that, uh, what does that actually entail, changing that track surface over? 
Yeah, and I was thinking about it, Mike, actually. I'm wondering if any other tracks are, are still having to conduct such a conversion. And you, and you look at it, we ended two weeks ago on Saturday with the thoroughbred meet. Immediately after that, you have two track graders out there, dump trucks out there, and about 40 staff members. And over the course of 72 hours, you work three shifts, 24 hours a day, for the three days, I guess, is the best way to put it. And, and throughout that course, we're moving, we're moving 11,000 tons of dirt, you're removing an inside dirt rail, an outside turf rail, and then inserting the pylons and doing everything to inspect and ensure that this track for the harness meet is perfect. But it does. It happens in a 72-hour period, and that's what it was. Racing got done for thoroughbreds on that Saturday. By the following Friday, we were conducting qualifiers for the harness meet, and this is a crew. I mean, it's tireless work. They're doing everything that they can during the course of their normal schedule for a thoroughbred meet, and then their schedule just picked up and went like gangbusters getting into the start of this meet. But it, it is. It's a massive process. We do it taking this track up. We do it putting this track back down for the thoroughbreds. But I'll tell you, it really is beneficial, not only for the racetrack, but it, it does. It definitely has helped to uh, save the breed here in the state of Illinois. Visiting with uh, Hawthorne's Jim Miller. Now, Jim, we talk about your staff, and obviously uh, one of the big uh, members of that staff is uh, track announcer Pete Galassi, and of course uh, he's all of our good friends, uh, one of the announcing icons in the sport, not only in Chicago but on a national uh, basis for a long, long time. Obviously he had a health scare a little bit ago. How is Pete feeling? How is he doing? And uh, He's got to be uh, itching to do some summer harness. No, I'll tell you, he's doing great. And you think about it, you're right. I mean, Peter's called over 65,000 races in his career. So he, he's a guy that's been behind the mic for a very long time. But he did. He's battled some health stuff, and he, and he worked through it really well. And, and the good thing about it is, is he's not only turned the corner, he, he's really – just he's very strong and he's getting back to the Peter Glossy that we knew. I and mean, this is a guy that went through a process, a stem cell transplant, and it took him over the course of a year and a half to really start feeling normal again. But he is. He's getting back there. He's doing great. He's itching to be out here. And you know he's itching to be out there because he's come out and called the qualifiers each and every time that we've had him. And it's something that he wants to do. He wants to be active, be at the track. But Peter's really doing great. That's fantastic to hear. And speaking of active, Jim, I know that uh, you guys have uh, always put forth a very, very strong social media presence on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Tell us your Twitter handle, and if anybody wants to follow you throughout the course of a racing night or just follow you, period, how could they uh, go about doing so? Sure. Real easy. I'm at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter, and then we have at Club Hawthorne for our Hawthorne account, and it's one of those things. We post results throughout the course of the night. For me, it's insights on what I see pre pre and post race different wagers that come up different things that happen marketing wise throughout the course of our meet a lot of pictures a lot of different things that pop up that you can see throughout our track conversion too so really cool stuff but you can find me at hawthorne gym all right jim well listen we certainly appreciate you joining us we know you're a very very busy person so we're going to let you get back to work and we can't wait until hawthorne kicks things off tonight buddy you got it thanks guys thanks for having me all right no problem that was jim miller a man of many hats and mike i'll tell you they just have an outstanding staff there. They really, really do. And that track crew, I personally firsthand watched that track conversion uh, back in January. Now, keep in mind, we're talking winter months here. Okay, we're talking about a December to January conversion when the weather when the weather is just terrible. Okay, the weather's terrible in Chicago at that point. These guys working 24 hours a day on a few different shifts, just getting this thing done. And I'll tell you what, it's really an art, and uh, not a whole lot of tracks do it anymore. As a matter of fact, um, they might be the only one.
I think they are the only one, and yeah. it's super impressive to hear that they're able to do that in 72 hours. That's a massive amount of work in 72 hours. I remember when Colonial Downs used to do it, Mike. Right. It was a uh, it was a massive, massive project, and they do a fantastic job. And uh, you know what's going to be exciting to see what happens uh, at Hawthorne this year. I know Hazel Park did it. I know uh, Hoosier Park and Indiana Downs both did it, and I'm trying to Meadowlands. think of Meadowlands, of course. Meadowlands, of course, yeah. Indiana? But, uh, Indiana, right, yep. So, But now it's it's like uh, I'm thinking Hawthorne's the only one. If anybody can think of another one, tweet us or something because it's kind of an interesting question. Speaking of interesting, we've got the Gabe Pruitt on deck. He's in the on-deck circle, and we're going to talk about uh, how his derby went. Plus, it's our weekly Pompano Park segment uh, that's coming up uh, as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. A great finish in the base! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled Again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled Again! Clear vision! Three across to the wire! Foiled Again! Foiled Again appears to have done it! History will be made. Deep stretch lead for State Treasurer. State Treasurer's going to win it. Boy, and again, a pennant out of her State Treasurer. History in the Molson pace. Or none of the above. Evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson pace shocker. That just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them. By the way, Mike, and I don't mean to bring it abruptly back from break like that because uh, we still have a couple of more commercials to play, but while we're on Western Fair, you see their Molson Pace field is starting to take shape. I don't know if you had a chance to see some of the horses. I know Sunfire Blue Chip, who was the runner-up, is back. Um, gosh, who else? I'm, I'm getting the field right now. I know they've got about Night, five Night or six. Night Pro is another one. Uh, yep. Even in the pleasure, last year's winner, where uh, you, we heard our friend Shannon Sugar Doyle say that just happened. Listen, you, get, you know, it's crazy that even in a pleasure was able to sit the pocket, but you know, what made it even more fun was when Shannon uh, when Shannon uh, called the uh, oh goodness called the uh, that just happened because it made it more fun if you ask me. But yeah, a big field coming up uh, at Western Fair, and we are going to be there, Mike. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, well, I'm going to be there. <laughs> um, you're going to be at the studios, and uh, we're going to have some fun. Bit of a legend, evening of pleasure, Night Pro, Rock and Ron, Soto, and Sunfire Blue Chip. Two spots available for the Molson Pace, Friday, May 26th. And, of course, you can hear all that action right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com as we are going to uh, start our remote schedule. And uh, I guess it's time to bring our good friend, Gabe Pruitt on the program. Gabe, of course, is the fine track announcer and the director of racetrack operations at Pompano Park. uh, Gabe, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm actually walking on the track at Pompano right now. So this is my first uh, my first interview while I'm actually on the track surface. Oh, this is this is beautiful. I'll tell you what, Gabe, real quick before we get into Pompano, and I'm going to turn you loose on Mike Carter for a second. But uh, I don't know if you follow. We just talked about uh, a photographer from Hawthorne 
that uh, was at Churchill, took a great picture of, uh, well, Thundersnow, who is, uh, of course, my derby selection, who uh, was prancing, doing a happy dance out of the gate, doing a happy dance all over my dollar bills. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but it was a great photograph because I'm telling you, I'm going to have that thing blown up. And uh, it's going to be uh, not only in my announcer's booth, but it's going to be in every room in my house. You know, we've all taken bad beats, Mike. Uh, sometimes it is almost humorous when you uh, <laughs> when you take uh, a beat in such the opposite direction. I mean, you literally uh, got to sweat for all of uh, zero seconds with that uh, wind bet on thunder snow. <laughs> so, yeah, let, let me tell you, there was certainly no there was certainly no anxious moments coming to the wire in that one for me. I can tell you that right now. But uh, Mister Mister Carter's pick actually did a little bit better than than thunder snow. Guinevere, what do you finish about nineteenth? Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, that's was, nice. That is, that's a nice, nice selection there as well. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't care what anybody says. I heard Gabe Pruitt's ninety thousand dollars show bet on Thunder Snow was the worst bet in racing. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay? Well, listen, I can listen. Actually, go ahead, I got, Gabe. I got the biggest upset in racing of the year. I did not make a bet on the Derby. How about that guy? I watched. I was working that day and uh, didn't really have a strong opinion and, and did not even make a wager. So that that may be the upset of the year. Real quick, what were your thoughts on Always Dreaming? You think we could have a potential triple crown horse here? You know, I'm not ready to go that far yet. I think he had things set up really perfectly for him, uh, the way the track was playing, the way the race set up. So um, that's a horse that, um, I'll put it this way, if he wins the uh, Preakness, I'd like to bet against him in the Belmont. Listen, if he wins the Preakness by more than three or four lengths, he's going to be a fantastic uh bet against in the Belmont. Of course, you know, you always root for the Triple Crown, but as a gambler, you bet against it. Well, Gabe, talk about a little bit of action going on at Pompano Park. You guys, now listen, I got to tell you, so I'm going through, I'm throwing post times last night, and I'm going through uh, going through the tracks, and all of a sudden I look down and I go, who is this Pompano track? All of a sudden I see Pompano's back on Wednesday night. We are back on no Wednesday nights, guys. We've got uh, six nights remaining for the season. We've got three Sundays, of course, and three Wednesdays. So, yeah, we changed the uh, schedule up a bit. We get very short on horses the last month of the meet uh, in May. We were originally slated to go Sundays and Tuesdays. We decided to uh, go Sundays and Wednesdays just in case that uh, we ever had anyone that wanted to uh, maybe race back on uh, short rest to help us uh, fill some cards. So we have to have eight races a night, and uh, – Sometimes that can be a little tricky this late in the season, but uh, we are back Sundays and Wednesdays through May 31st. Now, now listen, I hear, I hear, Gabe, you're, you bought my plane ticket for May 31st. I heard, so uh, I, I'm I think gonna, you should I'll, come I'll, down. I'll you know there. what, guys? We're gonna have a heck of a party on May the 31st because what I can tell you is the jackpot I five, which we know was hit the night to just just our luck, of course, we know it was hit the night before the uh, mandatory payout was scheduled to the tune of $110,000 and change. So we thought uh, with just maybe 10 programs left in the season after that, that we would have a hard time getting the jackpot at the high five up to uh, any meaningful number. But take a look at this scenario. Last night, there were no winning tickets out of the jackpot high five. Sunday night, no winning tickets out of the jackpot high five. So an extremely rare situation happens on back-to-back nights. Uh, if anyone had had a ticket last night or on Sunday night, of course, they would have gotten the entire pool. Uh, when that situation does happen, by rule, the entire net pool just gets added to the carryover. So all of a sudden, just four nights later, we're up to uh, over $21,000 into the Jackpot I-5 carryover. Still six nights to go on the uh, meet. So I would suspect that carryover, uh, if it is not hit in the next five nights, 
I suspect it'll be in the uh, $35,000, $40,000 range uh, with the mandatory payout here on closing night. Listen, uh, may, we're we're gonna have to work something out. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it after the show, but because I want to get down there, but either this year well, or next year uh, to South Florida. You can't keep putting it off. You got to uh, schedule it in. You know, get down here, send it in. What better time than the uh, mandatory pound the jackpot I five? I think you need to make it happen uh, this year. Now, Gabe, let's talk a little bit about the open one handicap tried. Uh, of course, post five and six were assigned on the outside, and of course they run one, two. But David Ingraham uh, and uh, Sailor Eddie uh, prevailed over the stable mate Keystone Bodacious in this race. Uh, Sailor Eddie went to the lead, and uh, Keystone Bodacious, uh, he had to come from off the pace. He made it kind of interesting, though. He did. You know, he was uh, flying late there. Uh, he's a very nice uh, stud of can to have ball. Both trained by Kevin Wallace, both owned by Kevin Wallace, in fact. But really a horse with two different racing styles. The five uh, that won that race, Sailor Betty, went right to the top, got away with pretty reasonable fractions, guys. It was a short field, and a couple of horses actually made breaks at the start. So actually really only four uh, remained trotting throughout that race. So Sailor Betty got to really shut things down at the top. I believe uh, he got away with uh, middle half, 59 and change. So it was pretty much all said and done at that point. Keystone Bodacious did rally up to finish just uh, three-quarters of a length back of his stablemate. They were the two favorites. Uh, they finished 1-2. So uh, this point of the season, the open ranks were really beginning to uh, thin out. There's a lot of our stables have headed back uh, up north for the uh, summer. So uh, Santa Reddy uh, got another win here on his way out. Gabe, let's talk a little bit about Fritzy Pickup Man. Now, you say the open ranks are kind of thinning out. This horse went 150-3 and three over your racetrack for Gaston LaRue and driver Wally Hennessy. And the favorite, Heartfelt, was way out of it, never really uh, tried to come first up and just never really fired uh, for trainer Luana Beeson. Uh, Fritzy Pickup Man, tell us a little bit about this horse. Heartfelt is a horse that uh, was, was four to five in that event. We'll start with him. It's a horse that actually on paper looks like he raced stealthy, but uh, I will mention that you may want to take a second look at him if you see him back in here this Sunday night because he raced better than Lonnie. He tried to leave several horses left inside of him. Then he had to grab completely up, retreat all the way to the back of the pack, then start back up first over, got into uh, somewhat of contention, just flattened out late, finished fifth. But again, that line... Uh, a little bit deceptive. Looks like uh, he didn't fire whatsoever, but uh, he was all over the place. So I think maybe you have to uh, maybe not be so hard on him. The two horses that you mentioned are raced exceptional. Fritzy Pickup Man there with the Wally and Arsenal. They really hooked up, Mike. The last three-eighths of a while, we saw one of the best duels we've seen here all season. And like you said, they faced 50 and change, and they were really toe-to-toe the entire uh, way up the back stretch, all the way uh, around the far turn and into the uh, deep stretch where Fritzy Pickerman finally got up to a prevail by a head. That was a one of five winners on the card that night for Wiley Hennessy. How about the horse that finished second? That was the open pace, of course. Arsenal, he was beaten only a head, cut that mile out, 26 and change, 54 and change, again, beaten ahead of the light uh, at, at 50 and change. This horse was just a $6,000 claimer here. Uh, three months back, actually, I believe Jason Robinson first uh, brought him south for the uh, winter, so he was just uh, one of our lower-level claimers, and uh, he's moved back and forth throughout uh, several barns uh, since that point, and he's been doing extremely well for all of his connections. I believe he uh, just jumped up the ladder in for 10, 12, 5, and 17, 5 at one point, and now in the open ranks, uh, you know, pacing 50 and change, so uh, what a sharp claim there, and a uh, good horse at Arsenal has been here all season long. 
Game, speaking of horses that uh, have raced down in your neck of the woods, uh, we talked about uh, this horse a couple of weeks ago, Dr. J's Kiss, and she has been red hot since uh, coming up north. She has won three straight and not one is of three uh, for uh, trainer Joe Pavia Jr. So she is in a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes race today for three-year-old Philly Paces right here in Harris, Philadelphia, race number three, and she's facing the winner and the runner-up in the, the 2016 Breeders' Crown for three-year-old Philly Paces. Some moment, somewhere, and Agent Q. So we're going to find out today just how good Dr. J's kiss is, my friend. Sounds like a test for class. See, she's 5-1 to one on the morning line in that race, third race of the afternoon for you guys. Mike, should be a good one. I'm going to try to catch that one out. Uh, but, yeah, that was a filly that uh, we saw start uh, down here for Trenter Joe Pavia. She had a couple of qualifiers, but she did race uh, with us a time or two as well. And uh, we knew she had talent, but uh, she's really blossomed since heading your way. That was a nice mile she paced in a winning effort last time out. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Of course, uh, the two uh, horses, uh, the two class horses, the two-year-old superstars are both making their 2017 debut. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, maybe if uh, Dr. Jay's kiss can uh, catch him a little rusty, perhaps. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. It's always fun to uh, have the weekly Pompano Park segment. It's always fun to go back and forth. I know uh, Mike Carter looks forward to the segment each and every week, and uh, I think we all do. So we certainly appreciate that. And, and uh, have you finished your course around the track yet? You know what? I actually walked into my office, so uh, I'm through with the marathon. I'm uh, really catching my breath now. I think things are all good here in Florida. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, listen, and, and uh, when are you coming up north? When will be your first I, day at the Meadowlands? Meadowlands, uh, my first, we close on uh, Wednesday night, May 31st. As I mentioned, my first night at the Meadowlands will be, uh, you know, Friday, June the 2nd. So I have plenty of time to relax there, about 24 hours or so. All right, fantastic. Well, I'll make sure I starve <laughs> myself till then so you can buy me dinner when you come up. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Kim. That was gay. He's not buying me dinner, is he? No, probably not. But I, listen, I'm really going to press him to get get me a plane ticket. Maybe I'll go down uh, for that last day of the meet, and we'll uh, we'll do some coverage. Well, you know, the the planes down there aren't that expensive. I mean, you no, can get planes down there for next to nothing. You just got to hope that you don't get over overbooked flight and get kicked off. Or freaking uh, with the Spirit Airlines, you better hope you can get a flight back. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What do you say we wrap this bad boy up? It's been a whirlwind. We've had so many guests. We actually overbooked this show, but we didn't, you know, rough anybody up. So I think we did pretty good. We'll, we'll wrap this thing up uh, after this final timeout on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. A great finish in the face! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled Again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled Again, clear vision, free across to the wire, Foiled Again! Foiled Again appears to have done it! History will be made. Deep stretch lead for State Treasurer. State Treasurer's gonna win it. Boy, and again, a pennant out of her State Treasurer. History in the Molson pace. Or none of the above. 
evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace shocker that just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. As we get ready to wrap up our show, don't forget our first live remote is Friday, May the 26th at Western Fair Raceway in London, Ontario, Canada. We're going to have some fun out there. Me and uh, we're going to go. Me and Gardette Barnsdale, we're going to Mohawk the night before, so it should be a good time in Canada. For everybody here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, I'm Mike Carter. For Mike Bozich, we thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week with the first post of 10:30. Good night, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time.